The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. Power of water and the breath of life you have called humidity, the water and the air. This is what the show is all about each week going into our sixth year. Our guests are so fabulous. You've got to look at the list of the guests we've had in six years. They're from all over the world. We've been in Holland. We've been in Canada. We've been in Kenya. We've been all over the world. And what we need to learn here as as listeners, as an audience, what we can do individually to create a, a movement of concern about the crisis of water. The Earth's water is in a crisis, and 97% is salt water, 3% is fresh water, but only 1% of the 3% is usable fresh water. And as the National Geographic has announced, that the average lifestyle in the United States of America takes 1,800 gallons of water, that's 6.814 liters of water, a day. And did you hear recently on your national news that they went to fight a fire in, here in the United States and there wasn't enough water to fight the fire in a neighborhood? So there's a problem here. We're going to have a shortage of water all over the United States. But around the world, 46% of people on earth do not have piped in water to their homes. And the challenges they're having with water all over the world are just as serious, but theirs began before ours did. A lot of people don't realize that when the bottled water to drink business began so far long ago, it's because there wasn't good water in those countries. So they began the business of drinking water. So people would have safe water to be able to depend upon to drink because they couldn't depend upon the safety of the water in their own homes or in their own neighborhoods. A lot of people have said to me, oh, I don't like the plastic water and, and the plastic in those, the bottles, and I don't want my water in plastic. Well, right now, I think to look at it, the, the regulations are regulating plastic, although I need to tell you one. I was just into a store here in the United States this weekend, into the dollar store. And I bought for one dollar a pitcher, a plastic pitcher that could be it was clear, and uh, thought I'd make a nice liquid, another water pitcher for serving. I got home and I washed it very good, and I put some ice cubes in it only for serving to some teenagers with my grandson over the weekend. And guess what? The the 
plastic reek of chemicals coming into the ice cubes. So I threw those away, washed it really good, and it came back out again. So be sure that the plastic you're buying to put water in at home, the, the water companies are regulated with the plastic. That plastic has already been tested for any chemicals that could leach into the water. So you're pretty safe. Now, is there going to be nor- situations that might not be normal? I don't know. But just be careful and be wise. But drinking water with you, take it with you every day and be sure that you drink eight to ten glasses of water a day. And the reason I say that is the body's made up of trillions of molecules in the cells in the, of water. What are you? How do you get rid of a common cold? How do you keep prevent the common cold? How do you prevent the flu? When you're eating too much, how do you prevent from gaining that weight? How do you, if you don't, if something didn't agree with you, how do you uh, dissolve what maybe didn't agree with you and is having a problem with your digestive system? Drink lots of plain water. It's been known forever. Drink water, plain water, an abundant. Drink eight to ten glasses in a 24-hour period. You'll be shocked what it's going to do for stress. You'll be shocked what it does to dissolve the problems of your body, of any ailment that you may be shocked about or prevented. It's shocking. So think about the water and the crisis of water on Earth. How could we live without it? We can't. There would be no planet Earth. Today we have a lot of excitement. I have Winston K.O. on, and I think the world of Winston on. We've had him on before. He's an inventor, researcher, and owner of Go Beyond Organics. In other words, Think more about what you need to do with your health, your, what you're eating, and what you're drinking. Our second guest is Dr. Anthony Griffin. He's in Beverly Hills. He's a cosmetic surgeon with the Institute, and they do work on certain types of palate uh, procedures to help children all over the world and individuals who have had a birth defect. And it is exciting to we're going to listen to him and what he's been doing to help others. It's called Operation Smile. And we're ready for Winston. He's with us in Clearwater, Florida. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. Did you know that the surface of your eyes is 99% natural water? Did you know when that eye drop touches that surface of that water, it, what it causes to flood it and causes a trauma and a chemical reaction? Think about it. Go to our website and learn more about Nature's Tears Eye Mist. The only method of moisturizing with water, tissue culture grade water. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be back with Winston Keogh. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. 
You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Winston, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, thank you for joining us again. I always enjoy having you on. Hey, thanks a lot, Sharon. It's likewise. Oh, well. You know, we've talked about water in the past and uh, what's going on out there. And But tell us, you know, I always you want to talk about black tea versus coffee and caffeine today, but I started studying about a year ago about teas all over the world, the 5,000 years of tea. And, Winston, do you know the story about how tea first began in Europe? No, probably Marco Polo. No, what happened is the Dutch people as you didn't have good, clean, clean water, safe water. So they became concerned, and then sadly they began, the men drank the hard liquor to have liquid, and the women and the children drank beer. So as you know what was going on, they were drinking uh, all these horrible alcoholic beverages to have liquid go in them, and they were, by the end of the day they were, like you can imagine, intoxicated. Right. Well, they had heard about... The China and the distance and tea that you had to boil the water to make the tea. So the ships went over to China, were introduced to tea, where you boil the water to make tea, so it's a safer water, and they brought back for the first time in history tea into Holland. Wow! How long ago was that? Oh my gosh, I forget. Okay. Way back, and I should have had that for you. I'm sorry. But they uh so far back, and uh, then they began to learn that when you boil the water, you could make your tea. And so other countries of Europe then began to uh, buy the tea from the Dutch, and uh, they all and Dutch would go to China and get the tea. And uh, then when I started studying the teas of the world, we've had uh, many of the major tea companies on from all over the world and learning about tea. And today you're going to teach us a lot about the value of black tea versus a green tea, but how black tea and green tea are very similar. Because Have you noticed, Winston, when you go to the shelf to buy green tea, it's almost always gone? People are into the rumor and the description of education about green tea. My husband is from Holland, by the way. Okay. And Winston, he... He, uh, he, by the way, he didn't know about the tea uh, history, and he is from Holland. But anyway, um, he drinks nothing but green tea. <laughs> well, I think uh, uh, all of our listeners would love to know a little bit about not just green tea and black tea, but coffee, because normally, at least Americans, think caffeine is caffeine is caffeine, and that is so not true. Caffeine is similar to caffeine, but not identical. They're not the same thing. And also, well, when you help, grow... help us for a second now. So let me, because uh, I've been in research for a long time. 
So you're saying, with your background in research, the, the, cast, the word caffeine has mm-hmm. different levels of different variety of a description of the caffeine description. Correct. And you have to think caffeine is a stimulant. So it's what mixed with the caffeine there we go. or caffeine. And in the case of coffee, especially commercially grown, it's got at least 3,000 pounds per year of pesticides and fertilizers per year, annual growth per acre of um, toxic material that's dumped on the coffee. Now you put coffee, caffeine, the stimulant, with that toxic material. Now that is quite harmful because it stimulates the poisons and makes the poisons more efficient. Now, tea, on the other hand, is not a, a plant that demands that kind of level of fertilization. And many uh, uh, people, just by normal, traditional ways of growing tea, uh, have stuck to it more or less organic. And uh, they need a very good, rich soil with lots of microbes in it. So if you use too much pesticide, uh, uh, your, your tea is going to be poisoned, so you, they tend not to do that. So well, now, uh, also with the tea, if they do use too many pesticides, the tea plants, the vines are not going to mature the way they have for thousands of years because they don't react to it. That they don't react to that kind of artificial um, stimulation. Right, and this is what I'm trying to get across: is okay. by default, tea is naturally pretty darn clean. Okay. <laughs> just, just you know, just because. Mm-hmm. So that's that's so that's one of the reasons why I stick to tea, uh, drinking tea rather than drinking coffee. Uh, of course, organic coffee uh, still has strong stimulant, and of course, it's much cleaner uh, mm-hmm. than, of course, the commercial by a long shot. Mm-hmm. But going what? back to tea, yeah, go ahead. Um, what's the difference between green tea and oolong? And black tea. Well, the answer really, in a very simple nutshell, is there's a, basically the same tea plant, just about. Maybe it's different locations, but it's the process. I was green say, tea is mostly, about the process, right. Yeah, green tea is just dried tea leaves. Oolong is slightly fermented green tea tea leaves. And black tea is tea leaves chopped up and heavily fermented. Now, when you say the word fermented, tell our audience what that means to tea leaves. Uh, they actually, you know, it's, it's actually a real fermentation process. Uh, uh, the tea actually doesn't need to be, just like wine, you don't need to add yeast into the wine. There's naturally occurring yeast on the plants to make wine. Well, there's naturally occurring um, yeast on the tea, and uh, they don't really need to um, put any yeast or anything like that. It naturally ferments, and they just uh, put it in great Well, yeah, barrels. right. Let's back up so they don't understand the word yeast. But, uh, but So they're letting the teas age a little bit and in That's certain, condi- in certain um, controlled conditions. Correct. There we go. There and we go. they also may ferment it. They may also roast it. So, you right. know, there's... I made it very, very simple from drying to slight amounts to large amounts of fermentation, okay. and there's different drying. All depending upon the aging. Okay. Yeah, and of course, the different kinds of tea leaves from different areas going to impart different flavors. Winston, you know, I was shocked when I started studying some of that and listening to some of our guests talk uh, all last. I had a lot. I've had a lot of it on, and I'm, I was shocked at the technologies five thousand years ago of. of, of of growing and learning how to 
process different types of tea out of the same leaf. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that's why I said I gave a I very mean, simple cursory uh, introduction. It is very, very complex. And that was the original medication, if you want to call it a medication. That was mm-hmm. their original method of if they had a, an ailment or something wrong, they would turn to a different type of t- a process of the tea with the same leaf. They would uh, process as a matter of fact, I do that. Oh, you do? What do you do? Yes, uh, tell us, for tell example, us your when I, ha- I have hay fever issues. Okay. And especially here in Florida, doing oak pollen season, uh, the, the, I mean, the cars would turn from white to yellow because there's that volume of oak pollen. Okay, we're talking about serious oak pollen. Uh-huh. What I will do is I'll take between three and five bags of green tea tea bags mm-hmm. and soak it in, oh, six to eight ounces of hot boiling water. Mm-hmm. So it's very strong green tea, and there's sufficient volume of antihistamine in three to five bags of green tea to actually completely handle my sneezing issues. So, how much water do you? How much water are you using for three to five t- bags? Six to eight ounces. Okay, so you so made it extremely strong. strong. Yes. Yeah. Now, and then, how much do you drink at one time? Uh, initially, for the start, I'll, I'll, I'll just about polish the whole the whole thing off. I was going to say, go ahead. Yeah, okay. For the for, for the first dose, and then I'll sort of make a, uh, the same three to five bags. I'll just pour more hot water and let it steep for several hours. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, whenever the nose starts to drip again, maybe one or two or three hours down the road, I'll, I'll drink the next um, mm-hmm. thing from the same t- uh, three to five tea bags. So it, it dehydrates. So, well, people need to understand, my field has been studying dehydration of the body and the earth's dehydration and process of organism of life. Okay, you take the water loss, which is dehydration, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure it gets back to the balance, gets back to the tightrope of balancing the hydration of the body, or, the, or, or, or earth has to do the same thing. Right. So what you're doing, because all an allergy is, is you're becoming overly dehydrated because you're reacting to the... A, a, your allergic reaction to what the, what the uh, pollen is doing, okay? Right. So all of a sudden, your body says to you and to everybody else, "Oh my gosh, I'm I can't retain the water. I can't retain this. I'm over. I'm having to overcompensate for my reaction to what is happening to the air I'm living in." And then all of a sudden, what the tea did is begin to hydrate it and retain that moisture level to hold it back, so you wouldn't lose the water so quickly, so it begins to back to its tightrope balancing again. Did you follow me? Yeah, I do. And I do definitely, of course, drink water in between the two of cups course. of tea. But yeah. uh, as I said, I've avoided taking a drug. Mm-hmm. And right. um, the, the, the um, antihistamine that's in naturally in the natural tea leaves mm-hmm. does the job. Now, by the way, surprisingly, uh, black tea doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's only green tea that will work. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the processing of the tea, um, I guess, processing destroys the, of the, fermentation yeah, destroys, the, the yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. destroys the antihistamines. Now, it, now, I found tea so fascinating, Winston. Uh, I went out and got a hold of different people and started buying the loose-leaf teas and, and going mm-hmm. through my little experimentations. And, and um, But now I'll tell you what I did yesterday, for example, was Father's Day and and if you ever come to Oregon, you've got to come and see us. And we're, uh, we ha- we're our campus is four f- four farms, and we're a, we are a specialized water company worldwide. 
we specialize in tissue culture grade of water. But anyway, uh, we were out on the lawn, and, and I thought, you know, I'm having people over, and uh, we have the river in front of us, the Rogue River, and everything was just so perfect yesterday. I can't tell you how lovely water. But anyway, I thought, you know, I'm going to make some really different tea. And so I went in, and I made, I took um, a thing, um, my own filter bag for my loose leaf tea, uh, a black tea. And I put some black tea loose leaf in it, one of those filter bags. And then I went and put, I had four bags already in a, a tea, uh, the green tea with jasmine and four of the green uh, tea bags already in there. I didn't use my own. And then I took some lavender loose leaf tea and put in another filter bag and took and filled up a big jug, took it out in the sun and made sun tea. And Winston, that was just delicious. <laughs> I see. I so, remember, you mentioned something about loose tea. Loose leaf tea. And there is something about loose leaf tea which is totally different from uh, tea bags, uh, bagged tea. Do you know what the difference are? No, you tell me. I know the difference in flavor. I know the difference in strength and uh, all, but you tell the audience about what, what the difference is between loose leaf tea and a bag tea. Well, a bag tea has to go through tubes, relatively small tubes, to fill each and every individual tea bag. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the industry has to use aluminum and hydrate on loose tea on the tea bag when they're filling the tea bag. Otherwise, it jams the tubes and pipes. Right. Okay. So when you buy tea, it is much preferred to buy loose tea that is in a big can because they don't have to use any or if they do use, they use very minimal amount of aluminum anhydride to flow the tea down the tubes. Now, is there a difference since you brought that up in the fabric of the tea, the bag of the tea? Is there a difference? That's a whole nother ball of wax of uh, chemistry, which I personally didn't study, but I do know there is it's it certainly someone should go out here and study the different tea because bags. Because there's a the netting, that's like a little netting, a bag that's like a right. net. And, and then and there's the, the other kind that you see in almost all of the mass market tea bags. And right. then there's another one in between there that isn't quite that stiff of a bag. Right. And, and there's the brown ones, which they say it's not bleached. Mm-hmm. And the paper is, uh, I think, a cotton base uh, or a different kind of fabric base, so that it's not mm-hmm. processed with chemicals as much. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've seen, I've, I've not personally purchased such a tea. Because I haven't big, had anything with a brown bag ever, but that doesn't mean anything because I live in, in Oregon. We don't have all the latest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely another thing. So you have the tea bag. How is it made? How much chemicals is in the tea bag itself? Right, the right. flowing process to fill the tea bag. That's where the chemical starts being added, okay. so that the tea will flow, and which is basically not necessarily necess- needed for filling a can. Mm-hmm. You know, have you noticed, Winston, how tea is? Well, Starbucks just bought. Starbucks is getting into tea. You know. Yes. Right. So tea is becoming very popular, and I've heard about tea cafes where people can go in and have some tea and sit there and talk uh, and, and, and socialize. Yeah, uh, they have tea cafes for the two or 
3,000 years in China and Japan exactly. and Korea. <laughs> exactly. And I, what I meant is here in the United States, they're starting to have them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people are, do you have them there in Florida? Um, maybe just in Starbucks as a, but, um, no, not really. At least I haven't seen too many. I've seen a few Asian, um, tea cafes locally here. Mm hmm. Now, we have one uh, 30 minutes from here uh, in Medford, Oregon, and I've had them on my show that they started a tea cafe, and they said they couldn't believe how popular it became. Oh, and then something else they did, Winston, they started tea parties. If you want to have a group of people in and try some different teas or you have something going on and you want to do something a little different with a gathering, they'll come in and uh, put on the teas and serve the teas and the little crumpets, and yeah, it sounded like fun. Indeed, I've been to one of those parties. Oh, have you? Yes, and they they brought out like ten different teas, and oh. everybody really got into tasting all the different teas, and they taught us how to drink the traditional ways with the uh-huh. tea, uh, the little teeny cute uh, teacups and uh, tea baths, the old Chinese traditional ways mm-hmm. of drinking mm-hmm. tea. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the Chinese have a saying of uh, the Western style of drinking tea in these great big glasses. They say that's like drink, like a cow drinking. <laughs> they, oh no! I bought I guess, these. I bought Winston. I bought about a couple of months ago. These be- I just love them. They're clear glass-looking uh, large cups uh, with a little handle. And every morning I make my uh, green jasmine tea. And they would think I was drinking like a cow drinking because I make up and then I go get myself ready for the morning. I make my bed and I do my routine and I'm sipping my tea out of this large cup, a clear cup, and I get to see my tea color in there. <laughs> but I do but, but, have, you know, I, I have the little teacups. Uh, yeah. I, I, somebody, I, people started collecting me the tea pitchers and the teacups and all the things that I can have. I could have a party myself, but I haven't done it yet. Now, today we were going to talk about, we only have a few minutes left, about apple cider. Tell us, because apple cider I've studied too. Tell us about the benefits. Well, apple cider uh, is probably one of the best uh, regulators for the stomach. It has lots of beautiful vitamins. Um, The fresher it is, the better it is. Of course, if you drink too much of it at one time, uh, uh, one heads for the bathroom pretty quickly too. Uh Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. the pectin uh, <laughs> makes a very loose bowels, but um, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I know. Uh, I, I happen to use um, uh, apple uh, cider or apple juices, particularly for liver cleanses. Wow! Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a mm-hmm. gentle way of doing liver cleanse, and where you actually drink approximately 32 ounces of apple juice for six to seven days before going on the tr- more traditional uh, liver cleanse. And it's mm-hmm. gentle, and um, mm-hmm. it's fantastic as far as a mm-hmm. medicinal uh, creating soft, easy-to-dispose-of liver stones. Okay. Hmm. Huh. Uh, that is a good one to know. <laughs> um, now, uh, then you're going to talk about water versus Coke. Okay. Now, uh, this is uh, very important because, you know, we, when we drink water, we should be drinking water around 7, 7.5 in its pH. Coca-Cola, well, that's getting down to, I guess, 4 and below 4 pH. So for every glass of Coca-Cola that you drink, uh, you need at least, 33 glasses of alkaline water, real alkaline water, uh, to just compensate for the acid. 
So uh, Coca-Cola, even though I personally love the taste and the flavor of Coca-Cola, uh, it's actually as far as uh, hydration, it does the extreme opposite of hydrating a body. It's really acidic. Well, it's because it's so, I wouldn't go on the acidic personally uh, as much as I would the, the sugar and the syrup oh, and what acidic, makes it uh, the trade sugar, secret. Huh? But, but you see, sugar, especially white sugar, the first thing it does, it, it turns into more acid. Yes, yeah. So but it, not, it starts yeah. out acid, yeah. you have white sugar with it, and it makes more acid. So it's like a double, double whammy. You know, but we only have a couple of minutes left. You know, uh, what do you think about these horrible caffeine drinks that they're advertising on national TV? We only have one minute left. Okay. Uh, I, I, I hate, I, I'm going to tell the world I don't drink, like them. <laughs> yeah, those who drink it is basically burning the candle from both ends. Oh, gosh. Okay? It's, it's just like cocaine. You feel great, it's burning the Up candle high, from both ends. dehydrates to death. Burn. Yep. And it's it's super destructive, you know. People Not don't so realize much different from when, co- uh, cocaine and uh, drinking these supercharged caffeine drinks. People don't realize when on all that stiff, stiff, stiff ca- ca- uh, caffeine, the dehydration sensation is what's causing you to get that high. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and that's why people go to addictions because they get that high because of the uh, because of the dehydration of the cells going on a high. And attention to, oh my gosh, they're try- the cells inside the body are just screaming, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm out of control, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden it comes down because you're no longer high. Right. Yeah. Well, darn, we're over with. Uh, we'll do it again. I hope you come on again sooner. Okay. Be Let's do more it again. than happy. Thank you very much okay, for having you me. Okay, you enjoy your summer. Okay, you Thank too. you for Bye-bye. coming on. Bye. See, can we learn? Yes. We're going to go uh, take our break with Nature's Tears I Miss so we can come out back with Dr. Griffin. Well, listen to Nature's Tears I Miss with just a mist. Did you know the surface of your eyes are 99% water? Did you know that when the eye drop touches that tear film, it causes a flooding, a trauma, because it's a chemical? Nature's Tears I Mist is the only supplement of 100% tissue culture-grade water with just a mist. Doesn't even run the cosmetics. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Dr. Griffin. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Griffin, are you with us? Hello. How are you today? Good, I'm fine. Well, I How are you? I am fine. I want to thank you for joining us. And when I was reading your information, my gosh, uh, I want to tell you how proud I am to have you on the show about what you're trying to do for people out there in the world who are born with these palate defects uh, of, of problems. Can you explain to our yeah. audience what you've been yeah. doing. And Well, first of well, all, explain to the audience what you've been doing, but I want them to hear about what your background is, too. Um. I uh well basically what we do is uh, I uh my actually I met my wife on uh my actual first trip to uh Kenya um operating on kids with cleft lip and palate mm-hmm. and it was actually really by accident because I had trained here at uh, University of Southern California where we did, I don't know, a lot of cleft lip and palate. And I said, well, I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to be in Beverly Hills doing cosmetic surgery. And, and we couldn't figure out why we were doing all these cleft lips and palates because um, they're pretty rare in, in here in the U.S. And so after I finished, my the guy who trained me, Dr. Sherman, said, hey, do you want to go to Africa? And I said, sure. And he said, I said, well, what are we going to do? Cleft lip and palate. So then I realized, uh, okay, not everything that we intend for ourselves works out that way. A lot of times, um, you know, there are other plans that help other people. So after I did my first cleft lip, took about 45 minutes. It only takes like 45 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the baby was so deformed, oh. and it was such a big change that the mom barely recognized the child when we gave the child back to her. Oh, okay. And that's when I realized the power of giving. Um, and she wanted to, 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 to thank me and, and give me something, and we, we just said, no, this is a gift. You know, right. Our talent, our gift to you. And um, it is mm-hmm. funny, and we've done that all around the world, China, Vietnam, Mexico, mm-hmm. South America, mm-hmm. and it's the same response. People just can't believe that someone's going to give you a gift to change your life or change your child's life forever. And then you always carry a mirror so they get to see in the mirror. Absolutely. In Colombia, I did a, uh, usually we do all the children first, and then we do the adults. Uh, we had a guy that was 67 years old, lived up in the mountains. Uh, we fixed his lip as an adult, and they, he said, well, what do you want to do when you uh, now that you have your new mouth? He you know, he said, I'd like to kiss a woman. And so, of course, all the nurses and, and the volunteers kissed him. So it, it, it's a simple little act. You know, um, again, for me, I'm just fortunate that, to be able to have the, the ability to do that. But it's, it's, it's just a small part of what we do as plastic surgeons. But people, when they think of plastic surgeons, they always think of cosmetic, and, and it's mm-hmm. just not true. There's so many other things that we do to help deform children and, 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 and adults as well. And burn and burn victims and... Bur- Tons of burn victims. In, in fact, one of the things that happens when we go on these trips is we think that we're going to do cleft lip and palate. Of course, when we have a clinic, everybody shows up. Mm-hmm. They know we're there, so it's pretty well promoted. But a lot of burn victims, particularly in, in countries where they have stubborn, or, or ovens on the open pit ovens on the floor, and the kids, of course, obviously stumble mm-hmm. into them and get burned. And the problem, though, is there isn't enough physical therapy afterwards because when you correct the burns, that's only stage one. You really need to, to have physical therapy and splinting and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. we do some burn releases, but not enough to, um, 
to really make a big difference because the, the, real, the real issue is the therapy afterwards. Okay, that's something to know. Had never thought about it, doctor. Hmm. Now, um, you have been on Extreme Makeover. You have yep. really gotten around. <laughs> I, get, I get around. Seems like it. Are you uh, 180? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. you on a, got, you've been on the go, doctor. <laughs> I have. Um, yeah, you it's have. funny. Um, yeah, we were fortunate to... Um, oh, and you've even uh, been on Donald Trump, I think, didn't it? <laughs> uh, no, no, I haven't been on that. Uh, oh, you haven't been on, it, on that one yet. No, we've done it quite a bit, though. Um, and it's just mostly get the message out that... Um, you know, about plastic surgery, getting safe plastic surgery using board-certified plastic surgeons, actually plastic surgeons who actually train in plastic surgery. Because what's happening now, especially with these healthcare changes, everybody is becoming a plastic surgeon now. Um, my dentist here in, in uh, L.A., they offer plastic surgery services. So part of it, what you're going to see is this, this misuse and abuse of uh, cosmetic surgery by people who aren't trained to do it. Uh-huh. And so part of what, what I'd like to do is when I get out there is just educate the public on, on uh, safety, how to, how to really check the people's training to make sure they're board certified. Yeah, how do they do that, Doctor? Where do well, they go on the web? And- there's two websites. There's American Board of Plastic Surgeons. And then there's the American Society of uh, Plastic Surgeons. Uh, I'm sorry, American Society of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeons. So most of our national organizations will have a, a database and a list, um, and you can call them or check out the doctor's uh, credentials. But the most important thing is to, to to know that they have training in plastic surgery. In other words, that they actually did a residency in plastic surgery. A lot of times, a, an OBGYN or an emergency doctor uh, will say, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to move into cosmetic surgery. Uh, well, to me, that's not acceptable because they don't, they don't have the training to take care right. of the complications, to recognize all the, all the different, all the different um, uh, varieties of skin types and, and, and training. So it looks easy when you watch us do it on TV, but there's a lot of training that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I never thought about it before, but is that, that's not too common in the United States, is it? For, pe- for people to go from, let's just because they're be- they were a surgeon in one thing and they go over to plastic surgery? Oh, it's very common. It's very oh, common. really? Oh, in fact, I was... Um, I didn't I know that. A, I was at a dinner recently, and there was a woman who said she's a life coach, and so she, uh, she asked me what I did, and I said, well, plastic surgery. She goes, oh, yeah, I'm recommending a lot of my clients, my doctor clients, going, in, going into that. Now, of course, I didn't say anything. Right. Um, but people look at it as if, you know, I'm just, they're just going to switch... Uh, switch gears in the car, you know, they're just going right. to move over to cosmetic surgery. And there are a lot of, I deal with a, a lot of complications from plastic, uh, so-called cosmetic surgeons who unfortunately just don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it ends up, you know, being a burden to us. And, of course, mm-hmm. when they do fail or they get um, bad results, they say, oh, a plastic surgeon did it, and they, they lump all of us uh, together. And it's just not mm-hmm. true. Well, that's our lives, though. Especially with all this um, information that's, we're, we're, it's a, our country, uh, the world, the planet Earth has become information highway. And it can be information that somebody's made up to get attention yes. to their own website. And have you right. noticed that people will do that now, uh, is they'll make up a, a fraudulent descriptions to get attention to their own site, to themselves and their own websites. Exactly. I think that's that's yeah. part of the problem. The internet has become such a, I hate to say it, p- polluted um, vehicle. Oh, it is polluted. And it, 
And it's just not, for example, I mean, you think about it. When we write things in a journal, professional journal, they're reviewed by a professional. Uh, I used to review, and I still do review articles. And, you know, there's a bibliography. There's a lot of, you know, scientific scrutiny. Whereas now on the Internet, anybody can write anything. Right. And, and then you try to get it off. Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, almost impossible. Um, I had something happen with me a few years, about 2007. And uh, they, it was just amazing what they got away with. Um, and they put it up on YouTube, and uh, it was fraudulent. And yeah. uh, we had our own copyrights, our patents, and everything involved. But once it's on YouTube, it, it legally, you, you have to almost go in there and do your own thing to get it going so far down in the rankings, I guess we'll call it, that uh, because there's no law that says they cannot have freedom of speech, whether it's a telling the truth or not. Correct, correct. Well, again, that's why, you know, uh, the credibility of, of, of you know, the doctors and, mm-hmm. and credibility of information is so important. It's even more important nowadays because, like you just described, uh, it's too easy to, 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 to be a fraud. Well, they want the attention. Right. They do it. They do it to get attention because if you can go in and manipulate the ranking keywords and try to get it over to your site, that's just a, 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 a racketeering. Let's call it the internet to be favorable sure. to those keywords to get them over to your site, whether you're a hook or crook. <laughs> right. It's you interesting. <laughs> um, it is true. Um, going back, for example, to Op Smile. There was another organization that actually named their name very close to Operation Smile. They named it um, the Smile Train, and it was for one of those. Now, it is, it is a legitimate organization, but they they uh, they are often confused, and they're two different organizations. And it's the same thing, both with the same mission, but um, they were used to be together. They split up and then uh, started becoming adversaries, and people um, oftentimes confused Operation Smile with with Smile Train, and, and people. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. See, that's something we have to remember when we're talking to an audience because they'll go over looking up something and then all of a sudden thinking sure. they're, they're, which, where they're at. Now, what I noticed here with Donald Trump is what I saw here is uh, Op- Operation Smile was on NBC, The Apprentice, at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they're yeah. a big supporter. Um, I've met Donald Jr. and uh, um, and the daughter, I'm blocking on her name now. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of fundraisers, they're big supporters, they're hands-on. Um, uh, we, and here in L.A., uh, every September we have a big gala to raise money for, uh, uh, you know, money for trips around the world. You know, all of our, all, all, we donate our time. There's, we, we're not compensated at all. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's more than just doctors. There's nurses, mm-hmm. there's uh, psychologists, uh, there's dentists, and there's... Um, uh, rehab people, and it's a it's usually about a team of about sixty people, and all of us volunteer our time. We usually go for about a week to ten days, and it's fun. I mean, it it really is fun. They're hard trips um, because you know you're usually in developing countries where you know the water isn't always running or the water right. isn't safe to drink. Right. And, um, but it's very humbling when you come back and you really appreciate what we have here in the United States. Now you are going to areas that they don't have running water and. Yeah, my my first trip uh, was to Kenya, and um, I couldn't sleep at night because you have to sleep in these mosquito nets, um, and uh, the bats were banging up against the the, the against the uh, window all night, and it kept me up all night. But uh-huh. then when I realized that they were eating the mosquitoes that 
give you malaria. Oh, you were, oh, then all of a sudden I, you didn't mind them. <laughs> I didn't mind them so much, you know. Well, we've been in Kenya, in fact, at a conservatory there, the largest uh, wildlife conservatory there with a scientist. Uh, the show was aired in Kenya there with him uh-huh. as a guest. And yeah. uh, they are going through a crisis of water problems, just a crisis. Yeah. And they said yeah, the wild animals, you know, we think about humans, but can you imagine the nature of all the animals that are instinctively going toward the water and if they become sure. angry and they can't get what they need? And uh, so there's quite a crisis going on. In Ke- what, how many places in the world have you gone? Ooh, Tell us about the different um, It's funny. We try to go um, a different place every time. And, and so, like, for example, let's see, I had never really counted, um, you know, let's see, South America, Brazil, uh, Colombia, Peru, uh, let's see, uh, Mexico, uh, Vietnam, China, uh, Morocco, Kenya, um, gosh, you know, mostly developing places. Um, and I, I don't, I usually don't like to go to the same place twice just because it's, mm-hmm. it's more interesting for us, mm-hmm. uh, to see a different culture. Um, and what's fun about it is, it, even though we're there to kind of work, it's a, you really get to learn the culture and learn to get to know the uh, local physicians, for example, the physicians and nurses there, as well as, uh, you know, I like to go and really learn about the culture. I don't want to necessarily see a bunch of buildings and cathedrals, right. which, you know, that's, that's okay. You could do that for about a day or two. But, mm-hmm. but I really like to, you know, try to, you know, learn a little bit of the language, the culture, um, and it's fun. I mean, like I said, I, I think we, um, what we really recognize is that no matter where you are in the world, no matter what your politics, all mothers and fathers love their children, and they want to see the best for their children. And so, and all kids are basically the same. They're all, you know, uh, just beautifully innocent and deserve a, deserve a chance at life. Yeah, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'll have to tell you this before uh, I ask you the question. I have said, and my audience has heard, I, I believe this. I true, I'm the founder of Save a Child's Life Foundation to recognize melanoma, by the way, doctor, in time for children. I, about 14 years ago. But anyway, um, uh, I, there's no such thing as an imperfect child. They're all perfect. <laughs> so I always said, I've said to my guests, go tell your child. That you met a woman who said all children are perfect and watch their smile <laughs> <laughs> all over the world. <laughs> but um, back to um, when a child is uh, born with a cleft palate, explain to the audience why why is it that that child was born with a cleft palate and there's other children in the family or other children that have not. It's not a common. It's not uncommon, but it's not common. Correct. Um, it's uh, there, there are multiple factors. Um, uh, a lot of times we believe it's nutritional um, in nature, lack of some vitamins. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the uh, a map of the world and you look at along the, the Rift Valley, it seems to be the highest concentration of uh, cleft uh, lip and palate deformities um, all the way from Af- the north. That's, that's in Africa? Well, no, this is all up and along the globe, north, oh, okay. the north to South Pole, and it turns out that wow. it's where it's where the uh, Earth plates kind of overlap. And some people, one theory is that there's a volcanic gas that kind of escapes, uh, but we're not sure. We're really not sure. Some of it is genetically determined, um, mm-hmm. depending on if mom or dad or both uh, parents have had it. Um, but it, it is it is a relatively uncommon. Um, you don't see a lot of it here in the United States because at, when the child's born, usually about three to six months, it's repaired. And so 
there, in, in developing countries, they don't have access, obviously, to the medical mm-hmm. uh, facilities that, that, that we do, and they don't have genetic counseling and, and things like that and, and, and the proper nutrition. But it does, it, it, it does um, affect most uh, you know, underdeveloped or developing countries more than it does the developing countries. Mm-hmm. And water. People have, mothers have got to, when they're pregnant, drink a ton of water and then get that nutrition diet right down pat. You're right. right. Well, there's so much one research of the, on that. Yeah, one of the reasons why we have to fix the lip um, and palate, particularly earlier, because the kid, the, the child can't suck. Um, so okay. you know, a lot of times yeah. uh, when we were in Vietnam, um, the mom, let's see how did it work. The mom couldn't breastfeed because she had a job, um, and the baby was well undernourished. In fact, we actually um, sort of, kind of. I wouldn't say adopted uh, the child, but we made sure that this child could, could be fed. And a lot of times what we have to do is educate the patients on how to feed their children with a split nipple bottle and things like that. So because oh, oftentimes mm-hmm. the, kid doesn't, the child doesn't have the suck reflex because mm-hmm. of the cleft lip and palate. But a lot of it's just education and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is a... It's a, it's a problem, unfortunately, is, is not going away. And every time we go on a trip, we always say we're coming back um, because we can only do a fraction of the kids that, that actually need our help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the founder, um, Bill and Kathy McGee, uh, the way they started, they said they went on a trip totally selfishly, and then they realized that all these children needed help, and they said, I'll, I promise you I'll come back next year. Then they would invite their friends. And next thing you know, you got a, an organization that does over 200 countries in the world. Right. Now, where, where, what are the founders' names again? Uh, Bill and Kathy McGee. And where do they live? They live in Norfolk, Virginia. Just beautiful people. Oh. Um, they travel all, you know, it's funny. They travel on a lot of, uh, you know, uh, they, they will go to a couple of sites. Uh, they'll go to Rome, Vietnam, Morocco, you know, and they're, they're flying coach. Um, and and it's just really tough because you know you, as you know if you travel internationally it's just the flights are and jet lag are are awful but they inspire us every time they give a speech at one of our uh, meetings they still inspire me because Bill is you know it's a plastic, not only a plastic surgeon but also a dentist and uh, just his sacrifice I mean he's basically sacrificed his practice of plastic surgery to help these kids around the world and and so for us to do it. You know, once a year is not as you know mm-hmm. doesn't make me feel as bad as as uh, you know as he does when he he gives up an entire practice to help these children. You know, Doctor Griffin, can you imagine the world out there? Uh, how the United States of America, first ever since you can think back, our forefathers and the generosity of our country to thinking about living on the planet Earth together. Our yep. forefathers, what they began, and the yep. continual growing and caring about the whole planet um, and all these uh, families and what they need. And have you ever known of a country to go in and, yes, have to defend itself or defend other people's human rights and go into their countries to, to save their lives? And then when the war is all over, they go back and help them build their economy up and never ask for nothing back. Right. Well, but, but uh, that's like you said, that's our legacy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you when you do it, um, it gives you such a sense of, uh, I, I, I kind of never, I, a sense of uh, well-being and accomplishment. 
um, that that you can't get from any of any other thing material. And I think that's why we we get addicted to it and we love it and and we could care less whether or not they uh, appreciate okay, thank it or not. You. Yeah, right. That's what, that's that's what we do. That is that is exactly. The United States of America, uh, they're not going to ask, say, thank you, and they're not going in to help them repair their economy and say thank you. They're going in to help all human life on the planet Earth right. to live together and, and grow. You know, we were talking, I've had NASA on, uh, on here and some others from NOAA, and he, he was with NASA and NOAA, and we were talking uh-huh. about how the, uh, the the astronauts go out into space, and they don't go out on a vacation. They go out to study Earth from from away. Right. And right. when you're looking down at Earth and you're seeing what needs to be done for the whole planet, sure. not just for one place on the planet. Right. And that's the sad part about not having our astronauts out there because there's so much to learn about medicine and the water and the soil and the climate change and what is happening to the whole planet and come back right. and give information so everybody can share it. Well, we only have a minute left. You can take the last minute and tell us where to go to find out about Operation Smile. Oh, uh, go to operationsmile.org, www.operationsmile.org. And, again, they're based out of Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a website. In fact, people can volunteer. And uh, one of the things I think people don't um, – Realize that you don't have to be a medical personnel to volunteer to help. Um, there are plenty of uh, opportunities to help with medical records, for example, for somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't have medical training. Um, uh, we have a high school program uh, for kids who, to, uh, for, I think we take two or three kids a, a trip um, wow. uh, to go, and, and it's, a, it's a life-changing thing for them um, to kind of go see. Uh, okay, go and then they can the go to, they go to your website, is Griffin. Dr. dot com. Correct. Get to know who you are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, well, I'm sorry you, we're out of, ta- uh, out of time. <laughs> out of time. <laughs> and uh, if you ever have something else you'd like to discuss, talk to, and because the education today just about plastic surgery and sure. other information was very important, uh, talk to Polly, my program director, and we can have you on again. I want to thank right. you for your time today. I appreciate it, Sharon. You have a nice day, and be well. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I enjoyed Winston Carroll. Whenever I have Winston Carroll on, uh, we learned so much about the tea today and about water, and we learned about cider vinegar and what it does to help digest the food and water versus the Coke. And then we went over with Dr. Griffin about Operation Smile, and if you decided you wanted to have a plastic surgery, be sure and look up who your surgeon is and get the credibility and the credentials. And the other thing is, is beware of what people can do to the doctors or whoever on uh, the Internet. Sometimes people will go in and maliciously uh, do things on the Internet. I've had it happen to me um, where uh, people went in and did something on YouTube, and I was just shocked. It was, of course, not telling the truth. And uh, you find yourself, and then they go in and do another one called whatever. And, and then you have to go in and defend yourself. So when you're going in to learn about these things, kind of weigh your stories and make sure that, that what you're learning is accurate. Uh, because the Internet gives us a world of exciting information. Just make sure it's accurate. Because people are sociopathically out there to grab attention to themselves personally or intentionally for monetary gain to their own website. So beware. Well, Earth has secrets, and Earth's secret to us is learning 
to embrace your life and will learn to be fair and embrace other people's lives. Don't always have to agree, but we can embrace. But Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. And have you noticed I never say goodbye on my show? Because I'm coming back with more information. So, but leave our footprint behind and all the information that we think is exciting for a better Earth. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 